Hello, lovelies. I am sorry I have been missing in action, but the summit has kept me crazy. I will be sharing some insights from the summit that especially tickled me. And today we will start with Thomas. Thomas Joseph Brown identifies as a natural philosopher. Traditionally, natural philosophy is seen as the precursor to science, often implying that it represents a more primitive or naive approach to comprehending our world. Science, with its advanced methodologies and greater maturity, is thought to offer a superior and more comprehensive understanding. However, after immersing oneself in Thomas's insights on multiple occasions, a thought-provoking shift in perspective emerges. It raises the possibility that science might be better viewed as a subset of natural philosophy. This fresh perspective challenges the conventional wisdom, suggesting that in our quest for specialization and refinement, we may have inadvertently forfeited a substantial portion of our understanding of the world. Natural philosophy, as a comprehensive term, encompasses a diverse array of intellectual disciplines, including metaphysics, epistemology, ethics, and logic. Its primary objective is to delve into the very essence of reality, knowledge, and values, typically employing rigorous and methodical investigation. This multifaceted field boasts a rich historical lineage, having been examined through the lenses of numerous philosophical traditions, from the ancient Greeks to medieval Islamic thinkers, and into the realm of contemporary analytic philosophy. In considering the ancient Egyptians' perspective on comprehending their surroundings, I find the label natural philosophy fitting to describe their approach. To grasp the essence of natural philosophy, one can trace its transformation into what we now recognize as modern science. This journey began with the remarkable achievements of luminaries like Galileo and Isaac Newton. Over time, the discipline of natural philosophy evolved into the form we identify today as science. Science embarked on a noble quest to unveil the universal principles that underpin the very fabric of nature. As this transition unfolded, it reshaped the course of time and causality, culminating in the crystallization of science as a distinct and institutionalized field of study. Within the realm of scientific thought, a particular conception of nature emerged and took root. This worldview was one of materialism, depicting the natural world as fundamentally composed of physical entities obedient to the laws of physics. These these laws, akin to the intricate workings of a divine clockmaker, were believed to have been established by God, endowing nature with the elegant precision of divine intellect. In our modern world, we've grown so accustomed to a particular conception of reality that we often use terms like material, physical matter, and nature interchangeably, almost unconsciously. Some daring scientists have even gone so far as to 
use the word physical as a direct substitute for real, subtly implying that something can only be considered real if it possesses physical qualities. However, the concept of physicality itself is not as straightforward as it may seem. In fact, the very ideas of physicality and matter have only recently solidified as concepts, primarily through the efforts of 19th century thinkers striving to elaborate on the Newtonian framework and create a comprehensive system for understanding the entire natural world. This shift in our understanding of reality from a more abstract or metaphysical perspective to one grounded in the physical has become deeply ingrained in our collective mindset, often shaping how we perceive and describe the world around us. Even in the 19th century, scientists began to recognize the inadequacies of this prevailing conception of reality. Just as advances in material science were shedding doubt on the very notion of physicality itself, another realm was unfolding, one that seemed even more perplexing and at odds with the materialist view of nature. This enigmatic world was the realm of electromagnetism. Visionary scientists of the 19th century, including Michael Faraday, Lord Kelvin, and James Clerk Maxwell, unveiled the idea that phenomena like electricity, magnetism, light, and radiation were all interconnected manifestations of underlying natural principles. However, electromagnetism posed a considerable challenge to being understood within the confines of a materialistic physics. Consciousness, too, is a subject that appears to have grown mysterious in the absence of a broader perspective. If the insights from the team at Magical Egypt are accurate, the ancient Egyptians seemed to possess a fully developed science of consciousness. This understanding was so crucial to them that they wove it into their art and architecture, and only now are we beginning to reconstruct it. Yet there is a lingering concern that we may merely be scratching the surface of what has been lost. The work of figures like Lily Calisco provides another illustration of this potential loss of metaphysical knowledge and insight, suggesting that understanding the natural world is more intricate and multifaceted than we might ever have imagined. Lily Calisco stands out as one of the most prominent disciples of Rudolf Steiner, a figure of great significance within the realm of anthroposophy. Her contributions to anthroposophic research during her time were substantial, and while she delved into numerous vital investigations, today I'd like to focus on her exploration of the workings of the stars in earthly substances. To describe her work as anything other than metaphysical would be a challenge, as it delves into the mysterious and often transcendent realms of cosmic influences on our earthly existence. Lily Calisco's research in this domain not only exemplifies the depth of her metaphysical inquiries, but also underscores the intricate interplay between the celestial and the terrestrial in shaping our understanding of the world. To quote Lily herself, in the essay Workings of the Stars in Earthly Substances, published a few months ago, the attempt was made to show by means of scientific experiments that the stars 
in the heavens play a very real part in happenings on Earth. The experiments were carried out with the metallic salts of silver, iron, and lead. The workings of these metals in normal conditions, both by day and by night, in full daylight and also in a dark chamber, were illustrated by a series of pictures. We were then able to show that fundamental changes occur at the time of a conjunction of Saturn and Sun. Indeed, the activity of salts of lead appears to be wholly suspended at the time of the conjunction. In this present essay, we shall show again by means of pictures painted by the cosmos itself how the total eclipse of the sun on June 29, 1927 was mirrored in the metallic salts of gold, silver, and tin. Gold, the physical representative on Earth of the sun, and silver, the physical representative on Earth of the moon, are obviously the substances most suited to present in picture form. The darkening of the sun by the moon. Once again, we must emphasize that his essay represents merely a tiny fragment of extensive work. Unbroken study of many years has enabled us to create a basis which justifies us now in placing the results of our research before the world. May the minds and hearts of men be open in order that the sun may shine into them when the physical sun is darkened. L. Colisco Stuttgart, September 29, 1927. The subject matter is truly captivating, and Thomas Joseph Brown's presentation on it is nothing short of brilliant. His talk is so densely packed with profound insights that one might feel a bit shell-shocked after listening to it. However, amidst this wealth of information, there is one particular point that resonated deeply with me, and I'd like to delve into it further. For the sake of simplicity, I'll provide a somewhat oversimplified explanation here, but I highly recommend turning to Thomas Joseph Brown for a more comprehensive understanding of the topic. Lily Calisco conducted experiments involving the chemical reactions of dissolved gold salts, taking into account whether these reactions occurred during the day, night, or during a solar eclipse. Lily explained that during the day, her experiment involved introducing blotting paper into a test tube where a chemical reaction was taking place, meticulously observing and documenting the resulting patterns. After conducting this experiment countless times, she discerned that the chemical reactions of these salts during the daytime exhibited unique characteristics distinct from those that occurred at night. Furthermore, the reactions during solar eclipses presented yet another distinct set of behaviors. It's worth noting that her experiments with silver, which is associated with lunar influences, yielded even more dramatic results, although this isn't directly related to the point I want to emphasize here. The evidence that surfaced from her experiments involving gold salts and their interaction with the sun was nothing short of astonishing, marked by its repeatability and profound persuasiveness. However, a significant turning point occurred in 1964 when Lilly presented her findings to a group of anthroposophical physicians. She astutely pointed out that the imperfections in gold, which had previously only manifested during solar eclipses, had, since the 19th 1950s started to occur consistently, regardless of celestial events. 
Lily went on to describe her observations, suggesting that microcosmic gold had somehow become disconnected from its macrocosmic counterpart. This revelation raised compelling questions about the use of homeopathic gold as a remedy for heart-related conditions, as it appeared to have lost its previously established connection. Gold had become unplugged. The exact cause of the issue eluded her, but Thomas, in his remarkable insight, discerned a potential connection. In the mid-1950s, there was a widespread deployment of high-powered radar systems and related ionospheric long-range communication technologies across the globe. This significant alteration in the ionosphere's composition and behavior might very well have been the root cause of the observed disruptions. Interestingly, this period of extensive technological change coincided with the outbreak of the Asian influenza pandemic, which commenced around the end of February 1957 and persisted for over a year. The convergence of these events raises intriguing questions about potential links between technological advancements, atmospheric changes, and the dynamics of pandemics. As it turned out, homeopathic gold still retained its effectiveness as a remedy for heart-related conditions. However, it's worth noting that homeopathy as a whole remains a complex and enigmatic field, often challenging to fully understand or explain. Nevertheless, the revelation that gold had somehow become unplugged from its cosmic connection raises intriguing questions about the broader implications of such a phenomenon. What consequences might arise from this disconnection? And how would we even begin to discern or measure these effects? These questions delve into a realm where empirical evidence may be elusive given the subtlety and complexity of the interactions involved. It underscores the idea that there may be aspects of our world and its interconnectedness that go beyond our current scientific understanding, encouraging us to explore and investigate these mysteries with open minds and a willingness to embrace the unknown. The phrase, forgive them, Father, as they know not what they do, comes to mind when considering the events of the last 200 years. Many scientific interventions have been made with little regard for their material implications, let alone their spiritual or invisible consequences. It's alarming to note that in just the past half century, we've witnessed the extinction of 60% of the world's animal population. Science, while contributing to numerous advancements, has also played a role in these ecological challenges. This underscores the crucial point that science, while holding immense potential for positive change, must also be grounded in a profound understanding of the delicate equilibrium between the material and spiritual dimensions of our existence. Moreover, it should acknowledge our responsibilities towards the environment. This is where natural philosophy comes into play. The question remains, can a more profound understanding of both the physical and invisible or metaphysical forces governing our world lead us to a better outcome and a genuine comprehension of our current predicament? Gordon White holds the belief that it can and eloquently expresses this viewpoint in another summit talk. 
Similarly, Laird Scranton in his presentation underscores the significance of comprehending these invisible forces, suggesting that these ethereal realms have devised mechanisms to reach out to us and share their wisdom. In the eyes of Thomas Joseph Brown, natural philosophy provides us with profound alternative modes of understanding that have the potential to guide us powerfully toward healing the ailments that afflict us. However, regrettably, this direction often appears to be at odds with the prevailing course we are pursuing at full throttle. From my limited exposure to this approach, I must admit that it resonates with me. Even as someone relatively new to these ideas, I find them intriguing. In the near future, Thomas will delve even deeper into these subjects through a workshop, and I eagerly anticipate the opportunity to learn more. I genuinely believe that the world would be a significantly better place if more of us expanded our horizons into the realm of natural philosophy. Hello, lovelies. I am so excited to announce the release of our new film called Heka. Heka looks at the magic of ancient Egypt and how that pertains to the story of ancient Egypt and fills in a whole new perspective that we have been missing collectively for hundreds of years. It features Gordon White, Chance Gardner, Joseph Patrick Farrell, Lon Milo Duquette, Tobias Churton, Graham Hancock, of course, the fabulous John Anthony West, Rupert Sheldrake, Stephen Skinner, Thomas Sheridan, Peter Mark Adams, Thomas Joseph Brown, Aton Veggie, Mog Morton, Bernardo Katstrup, Shauna Holm, Mark Passio, John Zaraki, and the goddess Joanna Kujawa. I am so incredibly proud of it, and I invite you to come and have a look. You can find a link on MagicalEgypt.com.
Material. Immaterial. Immaterial.